Welcome to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. My name is Stacey Hillier and I am so excited that you've decided to join me and some of my friends from all walks of life that we chat about how the prophetic is purposed to build the church and to break outside of her four walls into your world. We'll chat to prophetically minded people who are positioned in the marketplace, education, science and medicine, arts and entertainment, government, family and the church, all with the intention of equipping you to prophetically build and lead in the places and spaces where God has placed you. So let's get to it. Today, I am joined by a very, very, very special guest who I'm honoured to call my friend, but also the evangelist here in my house, Numa Church, fellow executive pastor, Pastor Cherie. Cherie is our resident evangelist and has recently authored a brilliant course that's going to change your life. It's called Sharing Jesus Confidently. And she is currently working on launching an app as well, just because she's looking for things to do in her spare time. (laughs) So welcome, Pastor Cherie. So good to have you. Oh, thank you so much. So good to be here. And uh, all those shared statements back at you, my friend. (laughs) Hey, I've been talking to everyone about sharing Jesus confidently. Come on. Can you share with the people who are listening today, share confidently, Cherie, Mm. about what is sharing Jesus confidently and why should everybody do your course? Yeah, awesome. Well, look, to be honest with you, I had a number of people come and talk to me about the fact that they didn't know how to mm-hmm. share Jesus mm-hmm. with people, let yep. less than confidently. Yep. And so literally it took me on a journey while we we're in lockdown last year yep. to sit down and refine some teaching around the five gospel points, four truths that I learned along the way in my own journey and, uh, and then putting that all in together into a course to be able to help them understand it and be able to unpack it and to be able to share Jesus confidently with their friends, families, and anyone else that they meet along the way. It's so good, and it is going to help people to know how to share their testimony, how to share the work of Jesus, how to share the gospel, and we'll get you to tell everybody at the end how they can get a Mm. hold of that. But also, you have an app in the pipeline. Share about that. Yep. Look, our team um, have done a phenomenal job in Mm -hmm. coming together around the concept of how how do we help the church congregation go out and be a part of community transformation Great. so that it wasn't just a special group of people, mm-hmm. but that it was a, a, a whole approach to the congregation. Brilliant. Uh, and so we sat down and, and looked at that and a couple on our team came back with a great uh, concept and ideas. We took it from there, ran with it and have launched a Numa Care app, mm-hmm. uh, which literally helps anyone to be able to connect to the needs of their community with local organisations. And launch date for the app? 21st of March. Okay, brilliant. So people are probably listening to this after the app is launched. Mm-hmm. So they can just get into the app store and search for Numacare. Yep, Numacare. And you can get that on iTunes and you can get that on Google Play. Yeah, so Numa, N-E-U-M-A. Mm-hmm. One of the features I love about it is I can set a goal for myself mm-hmm. each yep. year for, hey, I want to do eight things in the community yeah. this year. I can put that in at the start of the year and then what happens? Literally, you will be uh, asked as you sign up for the areas of interest that you might have, whether that's education, whether that's advocacy, whether that's like you know, feeding people, working with the homeless, different things. You mm-hmm. can put your interest in and then according to that and the organisations and what the needs are that come up, mm-hmm. you'll get a ping notification to let mm-hmm. you know there's a need in your area and you, if you have the time, space, financial commitment to be able to do so, can commit to helping that need. Oh right my goodness. I'm going to prophesy over you right now. Mm-hmm. These things are going to go all across the world. Come Other on. churches are going to ask for this model of this app. 
Come on. And sharing Jesus confidently, I know is already sitting on some pretty important tables, mm. but I see some pretty big boardroom tables that that's going to sit on, Come on. and that's going to mean that people all across the world learn how to share Jesus confidently. Yeah. And Sheree, this is all Come actually on. based on the fact that God did something really significant in your life when you were little. You had a dream, mm -hmm. which is where your evangelism grace was birthed, obviously yep. knit inside you, mm. inside your mother's womb, but where you came into knowledge of it as what, a five-year-old? Yeah. Share yep. the story. Yeah, so when I was about five years of age, um, I was woken up from a dream. And in this dream, literally, I was in my bed, heard the sound of a trumpet and knew what it was mm -hmm. and tried to get out to the back door of where our family um, were hovering in the clouds with Jesus and I could see them but wow. I couldn't get out the back door it was locked wow. and then eventually it unlocked and I was able to get out and I went out there I was like wait for me wait for me wait for mm -hmm. me and Jesus looked at me and he just said oh, you're too late wow. and I was like what do you mean I'm too late and as I looked at him he was looking through me and as I looked behind me there was just a multitude of people that were told that they were too late and at that point, it broke me and I ran into my parents' room, woke up from that dream, ran in there, asked them to, um, to pray with me and my mum led me in a prayer right there and then. Uh, and then every week after that, I was a kid who was giving their life to the Lord because they didn't want to get wow. left behind. But the reality of that um, moment for me caused a drive and a passion to see others know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that Jesus died on a cross at that age, but I knew people needed to know him. And so my whole ambition, my whole drive in life was, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? You need to know Jesus. And so that's where it started for me at the age of five. Well, you found your people because you're talking to people who dream and see things all the time. So everyone's like, yeah. yes, come on. <laughs> come on. And I love, we've talked in our previous episodes about the fivefold graces to equip the saints. Mm -hmm. So through the app, through the course you've written, you are fully running in your fivefold apostolic evangelistic grace. And it is just beautiful to watch, Cherie. Mm, thanks, Dave. It's pretty exciting. Mm. So I want you to describe for the peoples, all the peoples who are here for it, how would you describe your role and your grace as the evangelist? Yeah, look, it's a really good question because I think there are a number of things that come to people's minds when you even just say the word evangelist. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it comes back to that Ephesians 4 passage that talks yep. about the fivefold ministry and it's mm -hmm. here to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Yep. And so for me, that role um, is something, is a bit of a, a two-way thing. It, there, There is this component of... Um, uh, there's this component of the equipping of God's people to be able to share Jesus confidently. Mm -hmm. And then there is the inspiring and exciting people hmm. to the power of that. Yep. And the reality of what that means for other people's eternity. Mm -hmm. So it's a two-faced thing. And for me personally, I think what that looks like in the life of the church is not the, the tally evangelist on TV being crazy mm -hmm. or doing anything or, you know, trying to drum up different finances for different things. It's purely about equipping God's people with the resource and the tools to be able to connect other people to Jesus. Mm. And uh, typically it used to be back in the day, the evangelist was the person who ran events in the church. Yep. They ran outreach events yep. or they did community engagement projects because, you know, it had to be the hands and feet of mm -hmm. Jesus. So there was this concept of like, well, the evangelist is the person who runs the outreach events or, and, and it's like you literally bring your friends mm -hmm. and the evangelist will get them saved. Yeah. Or it's literally just go be the hands yep. and feet of Jesus. 
Uh, and so for me, I sort of sat back and looked at that and was like, these are good things, yeah. but they're not the fullness of what this is meant to look like. Oh, there's too many people who don't know Jesus yeah. to rely on a small percentage of, of evangelists when Jesus gave his great commission to every disciple exactly. to go and make nations of the world. And for the listeners today, what I want you to keep picking up the common thread in each of these podcasts is because you're listening in this first month of this podcast to fivefold, you're not going to hear about them doing the work. Mm. You're going to hear about them creating ways to equip the yep. saints to do yep. the work. So if you're a person who's operating in a prophetic grace and you think more about how can other people operate in the grace rather than you holding a microphone on the platform yourself, yep. that's a key indicator that you're not just operating in the spiritual gift of prophecy, but that you're carrying an office calling. Mm. However, we don't self-appoint. Um, my apostle called it out of me, but that's for a whole other episode. <laughs> So, Cherie, where's the evangelist in the Bible? Yeah, look, Philip is referred to the evangelist in the Bible in Acts chapter 21, verses mm -hmm. 8 and 9, and it's really the only passage that refers to a particular evangelist or someone yep. who was labelled as an evangelist. Yep. Um, and uh, it, it, it encourages people because you see the picture of what that looks like. Yep. When you see uh, Philip in his, in his action... Yep. He is literally sharing Jesus with someone. He's unpacking who Jesus mm. is according to scripture. Yep. And uh, there's that moment where that person comes to faith in Christ and literally wants to get baptized the next minute. Mm. Uh, so it, that's the passage in which the, the formation or the concept of the idea of the evangelist, the mm. person, mm -hmm. the messenger, the one who brings good news. When you look at the word evangelist, the word evangelist, the EU part literally means to bring good news. Mm -hmm. The last portion, portion of that part, um, word actually means um, messenger. Yep. And so literally it's one who brings good news. Right. So the root word is euangelion, which is the mm -hmm. word gospel, which literally means good news. And so it becomes a noun, the person who brings the good news. Yep. That's it. Brilliant. So when we talk about fivefold, what I love this picture that um, Dr. Mike, who's been on the podcast, taught us about, Cherie, which is that the apostle and the prophet have their eyes and ears in heaven. The evangelist is at the door of the church. Yep outside the door of the church mm -hmm. going, how are we getting everybody who's out there in here? And I love it when we're in the executive table and we're all getting caught up in all the things of church life and Pastor Corey and I are caught up in all the things of heaven and then you're like, but what about the people who don't know Jesus? <laughs> it's the best because uh, that's you and your grace. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Probably drives a few people crazy. But yeah. For sure. And I think, too, that the importance of that is understanding how to bring heaven to earth. Mm -hmm. And while there is this place in which we sit, and, and I think we all sit in that tension at some point where mm -hmm. we're all caught up in the things that mm -hmm. God is doing, mm -hmm. the heavenly things that are mm -hmm. happening, but it, how does that translate to earth? Right. How does that translate to the person who doesn't know Jesus? How does that translate to the person um, who may have some religious background or have mm -hmm. an obscurity around religion because mm -hmm. of the nature of what they've experienced? How does what we're experiencing relate to that? that person how do we connect them to heaven yep uh and and literally that's the role of the evangelist well look we're talking to prophetic people who are all, all about the intimacy but my experience has been the more i fall in love with jesus the more i will fall in love with people yep so growing in um becoming somebody who probably what's more common in the new testament who makes disciples rather than goes and does evangelism 
better language from the New Testament is go and make a disciple. Mm-hmm. The more you love Jesus, the more you're going to want to do that. You can't help but have that come yeah. up and flow out of you till you're sitting in a cafe and God highlights prophetically a person to you yep. and you have to share the yeah. good news with them. You can't yeah. help it. So how can the evangelist and the prophet work together? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I think it almost ties back into that statement before, but mm. um, the prophetic um, the prophetic gift and grace mixed with evangelism is so powerful. Yeah. So I've had many occasions where it's been like God has dropped a prophetic word into my spirit yep. about someone or about something that's happening, and mm-hmm. I'll be in a cafe like you're talking before, mm-hmm. and God will highlight to me they have an issue with this, mm-hmm. and just go and talk to them and ask them about it. And so literally, I'll walk over there, and as a result, I get to share the good news with that person so as well as pray for the injury that they may be carrying or have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is that the two things together are powerful mm-hmm. in respect to being an evangelist that is not just focused on the message but connected to the heart hmm. of God, the heaven realm, yeah. and bringing that to earth for that person. I love that. So that's something that I sit back and I go, oh, every believer being empowered to seek God for the prophetic but don't dismiss the, prophet, uh, the, the evangelism component of it because the prophetic and evangelism tied together are such a powerful witness to an unbeliever. I love that. I've actually got a beautiful woman in my life at the moment whose heart is for evangelism and community transformation. Come on. And she called me and she was like, okay, so this is my heart, but out of that, I need to learn how to flow in the prophetic because I need words of knowledge for people that I'm working. I don't want to just do a soup kitchen. Come on. I want to serve in the soup kitchen and talk to where they're at, where they go, that could only be God. So she's come alongside um, sitting under the teaching of of Roma and myself on the prophetic alliance because she has an evangelism grace but wants to learn to operate in the prophetic, which I love that because when we have a fivefold team at church, we have these different things for people. So Mm -hmm. we'll have prophetics who out of their love and intimacy for the Lord will grow a desire to make disciples and that's where I can defer to your grace. And you'll have people who sit underneath your evangelism grace who go, I need to grow prophetically and then Mm -hmm. they'll come and sit under and it's, Really, God had a pretty good idea in Ephesians 4, didn't he? Come (laughs) on. So you've touched on what the role of the evangelist has been in the past, tele-evangelist, few Mm -hmm. of them doing big rallies, putting on events. What do you hope it looks like in coming years? Look, I think that um, for me, you know, we talked about this before, but you know, the role of the evangelist is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And our heart is that we'd be able to equip every believer to share Jesus confidently. Yep. And I'm really hoping even as these, this, um, it's not a new paradigm. Mm-hmm. It's been in the Bible for years, but as churches come around it, as people come around it and get into the understanding of it and unpacking it for themselves, it changes the way we approach these things. Yep. So it, it impa- it's, about, it's about empowering people mm-hmm. to be able to do the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. And so often uh, we have fell into the trap with evangelism, I think, in the past of having an invite culture. Yeah. So we invite them to church and they get mm-hmm. saved because they came and heard a message. But no, 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 I want to equip you to yep. do the winning of souls out of the church yes. and bring them to church and, hey, let's get them baptized. Yep. <laughs> like, let's flip it on its head and flip the numbers. So yes. the stats are less decisions and more baptisms yeah. um, in respect to in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with um, mm. evangelism and what it looks like for the future – 
I feel like it's every believer taking personal yep. responsibility yep. to disciple somebody mm-hmm. and to go after that. And rather than living in, well, no, 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 I just do good works. I'm just the hands and feet of Jesus yep. and taking a care approach mm-hmm. or just the invitational approach. Mm-hmm. It's actually taking the approach that Jesus commanded us to do. He said, go into the world and preach the good news. Mm-hmm share it Mm. with somebody. Now, that doesn't mean a platform with a microphone. Mm. That's to be a messenger, a carrier of the good news. Mm -hmm. And how will, Romans speaks to it, how Mm. will they know Mm. unless they've heard, how will they hear if no one preaches to them? And that that preach isn't the platform we're talking about. The preach is literally how will they know if you haven't told them? Yes. And so when God burdens our hearts to Mm. understand that, I believe that's what evangelism should look like in the life of the church moving forward. Is that every believer Mm -hmm. is equipped and enabled and empowered Mm -hmm. to action out that moment with somebody. Yeah. And actually what we're talking about here is the fivefold in full operation Mm. because you've got an apostle who's like, yes, get out there. We need, we don't want to be an attractional church. We want to get out there and we want to reach people. Mm -hmm. Then of course, as you've built this course, our teacher is coming in and checking all our theology and make sure we're all good in the hood. And then of course, we've got, you know, prophetic people crossing pillars. We've got our business, our operation, all of it working together. And it releases the fragrance of Christ and people find that irresistible. Come on. Yeah. Yep. So good. Um, talk to me about your greatest frustration as an evangelist. I definitely think is as probably a little bit I've touched on that already, but the overfocus on invitational, mm-hmm. invite mm-hmm. them to church and get them, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll get them saved, um, or the over approach. Again, the overfocus on be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know the, yep. the good old statements like um, preach the gospel and if necessary use words. Yeah, oh, that statement frustrates the life out of me. <laughs> Because it, it, it dismisses the power of God in the proclamation of the good news of Jesus. Right. And it makes an excuse to be like, no, 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 I'm just the hands and yep. the feet of Jesus. Well, hands and feet are no good without the actual gospel message being proclaimed. Yes, and Revelation says the blood of the lamb and the testimony. The word of the testimony, yep. come on. So they're the things that probably irritate me the most um, when it comes to the frustrations of evangelism. I... I constantly am having conversations with people to try and and help them see it from a different perspective because a lot of people actually think well no no that's your thing yeah that's what you do that's what you're called to do as the Uh evangelist but no no in second timothy we're told to go and do the work of an evangelist what paul said to timothy was like hey i want you to go and do the work of an evangelist Hmm. and that's a responsibility of every believer and I'm going to sound like the prophet here, but actually when people say I'm just going to be the hands and feet and not the mouthpiece, Mm -hmm. that's actually fear. Yeah. Yep. It's fear of man. It's fear of rejection. Yep. And we've got to break those things in our lives or the church is not going to break out of the four walls of the church. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Greatest joy? Greatest joy is, I think, personally watching people come to the Lord. I remember when I was 14 and I went to the first Youth Alive event I've ever been Mm -hmm. to. Here in Victoria, Rod Laver Arena, Rod Ray, Rod Laver Arena. Don't know what it was back then. A huge auditorium, fourteen thousand people packed in. As a fourteen-year-old, I went and watched 
these uh, people perform and music and praise and worship and then preaching. And then there was this moment where they gave a response to the good news of Jesus. Mm. They called for it. And I remember watching just streams of people wow. streaming down towards the front mm. of an altar. Mm. And literally at the front of the stage, there's all these people. And I'm just sitting there just bawling my mm. eyes out because every time someone gets saved, mm-hmm. it moves me. Yep. And so for me, that's the greatest joy is pe- seeing people set free from a life of sin and disappointment and mm. devastation and mm-hmm. despair to being fo- to finding Christ and having their whole world change mm. in a moment. Mm. And then when they follow that up with baptism, it's like, for me, it's the <laughs> sealing of the deal. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah, just, again, a ball. And How cool was that last week, Cherie, when we had some people getting baptised? Yep. And then we had these beautiful two little girls get baptized so and it was them that God chose yeah. to give a prophetic word to. Yeah. Watching their little faces yep. light up. Yep. And I felt like that was a moment for our church family yeah. because there's something about the little children in the kingdom. And I felt like it was a moment of if this church family, this was in reflection. It wasn't, I wasn't thinking about this in the moment, but as I reflected on it, I felt like there was something about new of God that's going to be poured out on a family that will stop the agenda for the children. Mm. Something about the kingdom in that yeah. was beautiful. And I mean, Mark them for life. Yeah, and you think about that even from your perspective of being mm. a child growing up in a mm. Christian family mm. and the profound moments that you had mm. at that age mm. and the significant impact that you now reflect back on and see for yep. that. That for them is going to be such an incredible memory. Mm. It's going to be a moment of not only did I have I made a decision to follow Jesus mm-hmm. and made a public declaration mm-hmm. of that, but there was that God spoke to me in that moment personally. Yep. And it's like, you know, you look at Jesus in the Bible and he heard the from heaven, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased and just how that would have uh, sealed for him even. Just that, no, no, this is not just an ideology or a religious tradition. This Mm. is a significant moment where Mm. heaven meets earth. Oh, yeah, I love it. Come on. I'm going to throw out some ideas for the way people who are prophetically wired Mm -hmm. can begin to make disciples and evangelize and I want you to just come in with me. Um, One of the things that I'll do sometimes when I'm heading out to the shops is I'll actually pray before I go or Mm. I'll pause in the car park and just say, okay, God, give me some little piece of something of who you might want to encourage in the shop today, whether it's the color of a shirt, whether it's what somebody might be wearing, whether it might be what shop I might run into the person, or I'll say, or create a divine encounter where I'm stuck in a line with somebody. So eyes and ears always open to what is heaven doing and what does he want to say to a person? And the amount, God always meets that. I've never prayed that and Mm -hmm. not had an encounter where I've had a conversation with somebody about Jesus, or it could simply be you're the only person who smiles at them that day and begins to build a relationship. It could be as simple as making sure I consistently go back to the same Coles or Mm -hmm. Woolworths every time and the same checkout person so I can start to build a relationship. It can be as simple as that. What other ideas have you got? Yeah, look, those things are where they begin, that place yeah. of prayer. Yep. So in my mind, my, my, my mind flicks to four things that I normally do. I pray, I care, hmm. and then I step into a place where I literally share. Yep. So like there's, there's the important part of the prayer component. You can't mm-hmm. minimalize that. You've just spoken to that. Mm-hmm. But the care factor, mm-hmm. you said it before, when you smile at somebody, yeah. when you li- will let that person in line, yeah. when you 
are generous towards someone mm-hmm. and you you extend something that they don't deserve. Mm-hmm. There are there are significant moments where God is actually wanting to move, and sometimes we can miss them. Yeah, but when and this is what's so beautiful about the prophetic when you've got ears to hear. Yep. When you walk into those moments, it's literally God just let my ears be open to hear what Mm. it is that you want to do and what you want Mm -hmm. to say. I remember a moment when I was at a cafe just sitting there and I had literally had not done the care thing. I had done the pray thing earlier in the day, but wasn't in a a moment where I was Mm -hmm. caring. I was literally sitting there in a conversation, in depth, serious conversation, and was so consumed, I hadn't even taken notice of the waiter that was serving me. Mm -hmm. And normally I'm very aware of those things. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, literally, it was like God spoke to me and said, I want you to go and ask her about her wrist. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but God, she's served me all day and I haven't even acknowledged her. Mm. How do I do? I haven't cared. Mm. But it was like God was showing me that it doesn't have an order, mm-hmm. but that God can actually use these things yep. in these moments. And I reached out to that young girl, put my hand out and said, hey, listen, yep. what happened to your hand? Tell me about it. She shared with me what happened to it. I said, do you mind if I pray for you? Like I'm a Christian, you know, packed it all yep. in with a few things here and there. And in that moment, laid hands on her and prayed for her right there at the front of the checkout counter mm-hmm. and literally just said, I hope all goes well with that. We'll be back in and we'll touch base. I came back two weeks later. Her hand was completely Come healed. On. Everything changed in that moment. Now, that was significant for her, but that was a moment where I could have felt awkward Yep. because the prayer component in the moment is just as important as the prayer moment yep. before That's right. you go into the moment. Yep. And so not dismissing it because it might come across as weird or awkward yep. or let fear hold you back from yep. it, but having the willingness to step out and to literally pray yep. in that moment. We say something in the worship team, embrace the awkward. And we yeah. mean it musically when we're waiting for the prophetic to start to flow, but mm-hmm. it's the same when you're talking. It's like, embrace the awkward, get over it. What do you got to lose yep. except that person's salvation? Yeah, come on. That's it. I had a um, story recently, actually, where um, it was this gym class that I was going to and I wasn't enjoying it, but the Lord told me I had to keep going for the trainer. I was like, oh, come on. I want to go to this different one. Anyway, I was complaining to God about it on the way to the gym one day and he starts to tell me some things about this trainer. Wow. So I'm like, I'm going to get in there early so I can talk to her. Anyway, I didn't manage to make it early, but all through the class he's showing me these things about her and her body image. Yeah, wow. So at the end I hang around, I take ages to pack up my stuff and then I go over and thank her for the class and just start talking to her. Um, that was the first time. Come back, I'm like, do her class again the next week when I'm like, I am not enjoying this. On the way, I happened to be in a conversation with somebody who was talking to me about body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. And as this other person's talking to me, the Lord says, that's that trainer's issue. So I head into the class again, stay around afterwards, trying to create conversation. And I said, hey, I was talking to somebody today in the health industry who was talking to me about body dysmorphia. Do you know anything about that? She's like, "Uh, I've actually got it. She grew up a state gymnast. Wow. And then put on a whole heap of weight when she finished her um, gym age stage, whatever, and has been struggling with body dysmorphia ever since. And I was able to say to her, I know a Jesus who heals people of that. Yeah, Can I actually on. pray with you? So we end up praying after the class. Now I'm still doing this stupid class <laughs> so that I can keep building relationship yeah. with this girl because yeah. she smiles so big at me now yeah. and I know God's going to get her. Yeah. I could be a matter of time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> but this is the prophetic and evangelism coming together. 
Thank you so much for being with us today. Tell people how can they get Sharing Jesus confidently. Yeah, look, as of the uh, 21st of February, you can go to newmart.church forward slash Sharing Jesus confidently and you'll be able to access the course there according to whatever location you may find yourself in listening to this particular podcast. If you're listening to it after the date, obviously it's Mm -hmm. up there ready to go. They will be listening to it after the date. So head to newmart.church slash Sharing Jesus confidently and get all of the information there. My husband and I are actually going to take our kids through it and we can't wait to do that. So thank you everybody for joining us today for this episode of The Prophetic Collective. In our next episode, I chat to our fivefold pastor, Pastor Joseph Samuel, to wrap up our fivefold series. This is season one of this weekly podcast and we would love it if you would share the love on social media. Tag us at Stacey Hillier at Numa Church and today at Cherie Rice. Hashtag prophetic collective. And make sure you hit subscribe so that you can access these episodes in a truly prophetic way before everybody else. Leave us a review as this helps us to get the word out. Can't wait to join you next episode in this little community that we like to call the Prophetic Collective. Until then, stay cool.